0: Dear listeners, welcome to Medicine Today on Digital Health. Investments in digital health are rising. 8 billion US dollars were invested last year. But what does that even mean? What have we learned in the past years about business models in digital health? What works and what not? This was the topic of a panel at Infused Digital Health Networking Event, organized in Ljubljana at the end of May 2017 by Technology Park Ljubljana, the largest innovation ecosystem for commercialization of knowledge and technology in Southeastern Europe, and Medicina Danes, the Slovenian Medical Journal, which I work for. The panelists were international investors and opinion leaders. Dr. Jesus Del Valle, head of Buyers' Grants for EPS Accelerator, Dr. Klaus Stokeman, managing partner at Peppermint Venture Partners, Dorian Marušić, practicing cardiologist and former healthcare minister of Slovenia, Stanislav Sirako, partner at Lunch Hub Accelerator, Dr. Alex Polak, general partner at the Joint Polish Investment Fund, and Alex Farset, the co founder of Startup Bootcamp, the global network of industry focused startup accelerators. We had a broad discussion on why patients are different consumers than payers in other industries, what challenges are specific for digital health startups, and which mistakes are the same here as with other startups. The panel was the highlight of the conference at Infuse Digital Health Networking event, where nine startups from the Balkan region presented their solutions right before the application deadline for Buyers Grants for Apps Accelerator. More info on the event and on startups can be found at the website of our biggest sponsor at the event, which was Future for Health, the global think tank on digital health. To find out more, just go to ftr4h.org to read more at the blog and the summary of the panel will also be published there. Now, to the panel, and advice on business in digital health. Oh, and by the way... If Germany is of your particular interest, do check out the last two episodes of Medicine Today on Digital Health Podcast. My name is Tjasa Zeitz. I am a healthcare journalist and the voice talking to the panelists at Infuse. When it comes to funding, all industries actually look like a zoo. You know, we have dinosaurs, we have unicorns, we have dragons. Klaus, maybe can you start with a bit of an explanation what all these uh, different animals are when it comes to companies?
1: A dragon is paying you back a fund, a unicorn you're hoping to basically have one unicorn and while you are rushing after a unicorn, most likely this unicorn will fail and you already have seen in other industries the failure of a lot of unicorns because it's most likely paper valuations, as you know, it has nothing to do with real valuations. And so, as a VC, I do like dragons. Uh, in my portfolio, if I have two dragons, I'm, I can retire. If I have a unicorn paper money-wise, I really am nervous about proving at some point that the paper value is really reality. So far, I think we do not have a lot of digital health unicorns. We have some like Oscar in the US, but VCs, I think, uh, much more like dragons.
0: Jesus, tell me a bit more about what kind of companies uh, suc- succeed when it comes to digital health. Um, investments have been rising. Last year, 8 billion have been uh, invested in digital health. So what have we learned in the last five years?
2: So, so I, I, I showed this, this point with the people with medical knowledge. And this is, if I go back in my mind, yeah, and uh, see the startups that came to, that came to us and that work with us, uh, who has been more successful? And uh, it's straight away those that uh, had a medical person in their team. From the beginning, these are the ones that are not only still alive today. They are, these are the ones that are uh, doing the, the better. So, people repeat this over and over again, and yeah, it's it's the team. And in this case, this particular case is a, a, an aspect of the team having this this knowledge, being able to to absorb the medical knowledge. Not everybody can this, as uh, Klaus can probably tell you. Uh, the Being a fantastic business person or a great programmer and so on, it doesn't necessarily mean that you understand uh, the problems of data privacy. Uh, uh, When you deal with doctors or with hospitals, you are not dealing with persons. You are dealing with huge systems and things that we have in our mind. Would I give to my child uh, something that is not really proof? For sure not. I would never do it. I I, I need some lots of validation. And this is this validation concept is something that many, many people don't, don't even grasp, don't even uh, understand it. So, and that's why it's so important, I would say, uh, to have somebody with this medical, let's call it sensitivity in the team that understands the, the, the system because they are this is one of the f- few industries where you really cannot come from outside and just get in. You, there is a system and you need to. there are rules and you need to follow them.
0: One important component is that startups have the medical knowledge. And I think another important component, if you're talking about medical solutions or medical suggestions, is also that the investors have the appropriate knowledge. Axel, maybe you can comment here. Uh, do you as a scientist with a serious uh, medical background as well, do you look differently at startups and what they are presenting to you?
3: Of course, yeah, I mean, that's relatively trivial, yeah, that you need the knowledge also on the investor side, and you need always several species, I would say, among the venture capitalists. You need, on the one hand, of course, the deep knowledge, of uh, the subject that you're studying, be it a new drug, a new pathway, a new medical device. The same person has not necessarily uh, also the capabilities to analyze the business case. So you need, unfortunately, you need both. But to have a medical doctor on the team, if you're dealing with medical innovation, is... An advantage. And I think the, the history of venture capital in the US at least tells me and shows me most of the big ones who are really active in life sciences have now Not only PhDs, but also medical doctors on the team. And uh, they are, I would say, doing quite well with its strategy. Uh, So the old model to have uh, an ex-i banker together with a PhD student in his second year, uh, I think is pretty dead. You need to have people who combine all the different aspects of a startup and this is of course also the management aspect which we have not yet touched upon but this is a third component that you also need in the whole game so
0: stanislav maybe can you comment a bit uh, on the needed ingredients for a digital health startup to succeed we were talking prior to the conference a bit on this topic. You know, every area is a bit specific. Everyone says that their area is special or more complicated and you kind of disagreed with this. So what does every startup need or in what sense do you think digital health does not differ from other industries?
4: From our, from our perspective, we are a very Early stage or so seed stage, typically three half a million euro investments. Uh, investor in software, as as a more general, and we have a we have a good portfolio in, in, in digital health as well. And at this stage, it's 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 all about the founders. Um, and I would I would completely back upon on what to say that for entering into a complex theme like like digital health uh the founders have have to have the knowledge but not only that but also to be able to communicate this knowledge in a very easy way to the investor because like i have an insurance background on on the front so i'm not an, an md and uh if i cannot understand how an industry works pretty pretty well uh this kind of makes me feeling nervous about investing in the team not just because i cannot Ask somebody else, but also these founders will then have to have to go and do. Customers have to go and hire people, and if if they cannot communicate easily to an outsider what they do and kind of guide you through the through the process, that that that's that's uh, that's a very important thing. And and what what I share with you today was that um, I I I hate what when people are having this weird different mentality. So saying because we are in, in 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 digital health which is overly regulated and um uh, uh, I'm kind of an md which you know all these like details and complications these general models does not apply to us and at least in my opinion um uh, like the the beauty of uh creating a, a new company in a in a in a sector and trying to disrupting it is about taking uh existing business models or something that have worked uh, into other industries and applying it creatively. It, it doesn't need just to copycat into into this industry, but applying creatively what what works in others. And this is another thing that that we look when we when we do an investment.
0: So, Alex, you're the uh, the co-founder of Startup Bootcamp. Maybe you can share your thoughts on what you're looking at in startups because you maybe, and you can also share a bit on which area startup bootcamp is uh, working in and how can you (coughs) translate the knowledge about one industry to another?
5: Yeah, I'm quite with Stanislav on this one. So we, we run 18 accelerators um, and every single one is focused on a specific industry. Uh, we call them vertical. so we have fintech, insuretech, e-commerce, and digital health now in Berlin, Miami, and Chengdu. And it's true that when it comes to early stage, we have a little bit later stage, but you know, 75% of the problems are the same. Um, and our strategy is not to run an accelerator for a single investor or corporate, but it's to have multiple. So for example, in Berlin, we have Apple Bank. I think they do 70% of uh, pharmacies and doctors. Um, we have Munich Health, we have Sanofi, uh, Philips, so we have, you know, different stakeholders We have different needs, um, and we try to satisfy both the founders in terms of acceleration and also make sure that the corporate partners are fed the things that they need. And do, they're all at different stages. Do
0: the do the corporate partners know what they're getting themselves into? Because uh, I think Jesus will agree with me here that a lot of pharma companies, you know, went into digital health and accelerators because it was cool.
5: Yeah, very. Uh, it's very true. And I think I think eighty percent of accelerators that are alive today will, will be dead in five years.
0: How many of yours?
5: A number, uh, for sure. But we're going to create more. Um, <laughs> No, I, I, I do think there's a hype, for sure. And and I don't see corporates doing accelerators forever. You know, I think something else will come on. But I think the concept of being accelerated as a founder, that's here to stay. Just as schools are here to stay and other things are here to stay, That that's for sure. And I would have done one in my time if if it existed. But you have to adapt and learn. And like, for example, what we do in New York with FinTech, where we were... Accelerator number five on that topic alone. We have to adapt, you know. So we're going to what we call 2.0 and different models. What we do in Mumbai in fintech is a classic 1.0 education acceleration. So we're also adapting.
0: Dorian, can you comment a bit on the following question? When it comes to attracting investments, it's often said that It's all about meeting the right person at the right time, at the right place, because an investor has to stay with the startup for a long time. And then if we go a step further and want to translate these solutions in the healthcare system, usually the legislator, the ministry, the payer, everybody knows each other. So we have the right people meeting themselves constantly. Why is change in practice so slow.
6: So one of the main problems of the national level is there should be a national strategic plan or action plan or something like, like that that uh, everybody should follow. The second extremely important thing is that uh, for sure digitalization of the hacker system is too slow, so we should reach, an, let's say, an optimal level where there will, will be space for startups. So, you know, when we we do not have uh, reached half of uh, uh, outpatient clinics or or, or uh, hospitals or doctors using IT. So how can we start with uh, startups when um, at the age of fifty five or sixty, without some examples, they do not know how to unplug or plug in.
0: But maybe startups should be more inventive in order to, you know... You, know it's a you, 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 could... you
6: have to reach a certain level that then will be enough space for startups. Only few countries in Europe reach such a level. So in Slovenia, for sure, it's not. That uh, uh, we are struggling with uh, different uh, providers to implement what is obligatory. As I mentioned before, we are trying to incentivize doctors to code. We should speed up. How? I don't know. It might be with uh, empowered of patient or um, much more powerful uh, politician or uh, the right approach of payers. I don't know which way would be the most effective, but for sure in the last 15 years, uh, we were not extremely uh, effective.
0: So you as an individual, you are a cardiologist. You use quite a few uh, digital solutions. Can you maybe share a bit what do you use and... How do you see all the possible m- monitors for heart rate monitors, all the other sensors and wearables?
6: With with cardiology, our patients are, let's say, 65 or 70 up. So they are not yet, uh, yet, yet prepared to use those equipment. Um, so let's say in my outpatient clinic, less than 10% of patients are using them.
0: No, but what I meant was, how do you use digital tools in order to make your life easier as a doctor?
6: Ah, to make uh, to decrease the number of services for sure. So let's say, besides being not incentivized by health insurance fund, I'm, I'm regularly using uh, IT email, emails, yeah, Gmail or whatever, just to chat, whatever, whatever. Whoever is prepared to avoid coming to patient is, uh, I'm delighted to to chat with him. Or her. Yeah. If you will admit that you are IT, uh, let's say, open mind, then I will give you my personal email so we, we can chat whatever. And uh, I'm not using tweet, but I'm extremely fast in replying emails. So it's like a f- few minutes. Whatever I am, I'm plugged in and uh, I can chat with them and discuss with them.
0: What about data privacy, cybersecurity?
6: They don't care. They don't care.
0: Who doesn't care? Patients?
6: Patients, I don't care. And you? Me neither. Because if they So if you're they... not
0: gonna be a health minister anymore.
6: No. <laughs> I don't know. You never know. But you know it's 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 a, it's a interaction in between me and the patient. I always explain that you know, you know me, you know who I was, I know that I was in the legislation, blah blah blah. You know, I have to ask you whatever you want, just help me. Till today nobody denied me and I'm using the simplest methods taking photos and all other things. Form, so, you have to have a written consent because if health insurance fund will there, I will have to pay I don't know 400 euros something like that if I will not have that and I can assure that.
0: Alex you're currently running or taking care of the digital health accelerator in Berlin. Not for
5: much longer thank God.
0: You had a very personal and specific experience Serious health condition? Yeah,
5: I'm a health consumer.
0: So maybe can you tell me uh, you had cancer, which I think you don't mind me uh, saying because you shared the story in some of your... You signed the form. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So um, at that time, do you see any digital health applications that could help you?
5: Did I see it as in did I observe it or did I think of something when I was there?
0: Um, Because I observed
5: nothing. It was very analog. That's for sure. So between the four of us and our family, we've had two cancers and a mental disease. So we've consumed a lot of health. We're in Denmark, so you know it is plugged in, and you have e-health and all that. But in terms of the delivery and exchange, there's nothing digital.
0: Do you think anything digital could help?
5: Yeah, I think on the, the so the mental disease is actually was the hardest uh, because that's like just this cloud of mysterious. I don't know what, you know, it's not like cancer is like this is it, here's the thing, you know, here's what we're doing, here's the plan. It's mental disease was just um, nebulous even the diagnosis. And I think knowledge would have been incredibly useful and also as a parent or husband of someone with mental disease you you get told very little because it's a very private thing, you know, it's the patient and their mental disease. So that that whole experience of You know, basically, in four hospital visits, I think somebody spoke to me once about, you know, you're the parent or the husband. Here's what you need to do, and all that. So the the whole knowledge piece could have been handled very differently. Um, Yeah.
0: One important aspect when it comes to solutions and the market is what actually brings value. Patients do not use solutions just because they are good for them. Patients don't even take drugs because they are good for them. The adherence for statin drugs after a year is 50%. So, this goes to Klaus and Jesus and also maybe Axel. What do you look at? What are you careful of when looking at solutions so you know you're not dealing with something that only works but brings actual value?
1: So, so since we are not only investing in digital health but also in medical devices and uh, to explain that a bit more, you come a long way from from Class 3 devices until you end up in Class 1 software-based products which are just displaying data and not doing something with it. So we are deeply embedded in the medical system, assessing uh, medical solutions. And that's the reason why we so far have only invested in companies who have proven or were on the way to prove what they are doing, let's call it, is meaningful in one or the other way. I know that is not nice for some investors because it significantly takes longer to prove what you are claiming, but at the end I think it will pay off. So we have one company in diabetes where it took us unfortunately two years in a pilot trial with a payer to prove to them that if they would reimburse this system at a higher price, they will still save money. So it it took 250 patients um, in a real-life situation and measuring, if some of you are familiar with diabetes, HP1C level, hospitalization frequency, blood pressure, blah, 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 all the parameters you know about. And um, until the very last minute when an external university was mandated by the payer to recheck the data, we didn't know whether the outcome would be positive. Now, we were lucky, or the company were lucky, actually – um they could prove that in a certain patient group in diabetes, using such an expensive system, called expensive in the first place, in the long term it saves money. This significantly reduced the cost in terms of hospitalization uh, and so on and so on. And they were willing for the first time in Germany to construct a hybrid contract which allows the company now to get money for the hardware, for the software, for the coaching, for the disposables and a pay per performance measure. So the payer is for the first time on top of all the payments get a pay per performance payment. And in this case a pay performance is you prove to us that the patient with the system have their HP one C level, let's say, at seven point five seven rather than going up above eight.
0: So if we just stick with this for a moment. How much? Companies
1: called Empara, by the way.
0: So, how much did this clinical uh, testing cost the company? And how much should digital health startups count on additional cost of validation in patients?
1: I think that is another a big, big topic for another panel, but, but, but to make a long story short, it's totally unclear how you would validate these kind of digital solutions. Having worked in pharmaceutical industry, and if, if you would apply the same measures, you would run in a phase one, two, three, a dose-finding study, blah, 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 and so on and so on. There are some studies ongoing. Some of you know in the U.S. Far three, uh, phase three trials on depression or schizophrenia with a digital solution. They cost uh, two-digit numbers of millions to prove that the solution is working. Um, therefore, I think my advice, and that's how we look at startups coming to us, if you really have to self-fund a really controlled trial, not going into detail what that now exactly means, you need a couple of millions, most likely. In the case of Ampera, they were lucky. Um, it was co-funded by the payer, which was possible in Germany because of a certain law there. And without that co-funding, it would have cost us maybe one and a half million to fund that whole study. Right. So, but my advice is that that you try out. Yeah, there are European programs funding these kind of things, and you can find a cooperation partner, or you find a VC who is willing to come up with a couple of millions to really to really prove that. And another point on validation, maybe to close that up, is that you you know these programs in other countries like Mount Sinai. That's my most loved example. They have built a validation platform from a clinical perspective. Basically validating solutions for others. So they basically stamp an app application while they have validated the application in Mount Sinai. And I will, I, I bet that that will come in Germany, maybe in Slovenia. Some clinic will become the validation board, if you like, or cle- clearing board for certain application. And I think that's from an investor point of view, my main Hope that that will come because this is limiting scalability of all digital health solutions. If you do not have a proper validation, payers will not pay, patients will not accept it because they don't know whether it's good, doctors will not accept it, but maybe you guys have to validate your own, I know, but still you will need something like a clearing platform.
3: I mean, I just want to comment on this because I, I also ran recently into this whole subject and I think one term has not come up yet, which is health technology assessment. In Germany, it's the ICWIC. In uh, UK, it's nice. We have one in Poland. Uh, there's some of them which are coordinating among each other. They are, in the end, all measuring uh, what is the real impact of the app, the drug, the Procedure, yeah? They're even assessing uh, psychoanalysts or something like this. And I think it's very important to understand this process that approval of a drug or approval of a device is only half the way through. Yeah, if you don't have a real benefit for society, and this is what society has now really recognized, and put regulatory bodies in place to check this, it's the GBA in Germany, uh, I think in Nice in in, in the UK, etc. They all use the same technology, and I think it makes a lot of sense to look into exactly the methodology early on when you set up your digital health company. A, do you run into this problem? Is, do you really want to get a reimbursed product on the market? And if so, what is the pathway? Yeah, How is it really regulated in your country to get to a reimbursement? And I think to, to really think about this early on makes a lot of sense. And there are these platforms. I mean, there are specialists out there. Usually, it's kind of spin-offs of universities who are dealing with these subjects. And they give advice to you yeah, if you want it. And then you can make up your mind whether it makes sense and how much it will cost. So we are asking our startups from the beginning these specific questions.
0: So, cases, two years ago you said 80% of startups die after two years. Do you still agree with that?
2: Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, you see it all the time. And sometimes it's not like dying, it's like they pivot and they convert into something different, right? And they and
0: resurface, and, uh, come yes. from the dead.
2: And they have for a name and so on. All of a sudden, ah, uh, we now have a new name. And you have, uh, but the old email address. I have. <laughs> I have seen everything. Yeah, really.
0: Are we uh, going to uh, be able to soon modicate, uh the the business models as w- the same way we will modify, uh, modificate the genetic material and ensure longevity and eternal life and no fail? So, uh, what advice do you have? What's the magic bullet?
2: Uh, the, the Ma- this, magic recipe? This reimbursement uh, business model that was invented like sixty years ago or so, right? And uh, uh, Essentially, it's the same business model if you do it in b- digital health or in the pharmaceutical industry. Some people need to put more money on the table, like us, pharmaceutical industry, because we deal with drugs, which can essentially can have uh, uh, side effects uh, very easily. Some others have an easier way. It doesn't need to, to make lengthy clinical trials and so on. Uh, but essentially, it's the same business model, and that uh, it has been for uh, for many, many years. Uh, the business models don't change as quick as technology, by far and away. Yeah, by f- really, by far and away. I don't think, uh, as, at least I don't see it. I don't think uh, we are in, on the brink of uh, changing business models that. Uh, some sort of patient insurance, whatever. I don't know. I don't see it. Uh, Now there is a huge hype in tech. Maybe something comes from there. I don't think so. What I do believe uh, that that may happen is that the government or public healthcare systems uh, try to uh, shift, balance the resources that they have from one point to the other. Uh, Today... Uh, most healthcare resources are consumed by between 1 and 5% of the population. More than, according, depends on the numbers, 80%, 90%, 50%. It doesn't make sense. Of course, we all want to help the people that uh, have problems. How can we help them better so that we can help all the other people that don't have problems who at the end of the day are the ones that pay the bill quite often? Yeah. Uh, The balance of resources, it's completely uh, wrong. And by the way, you started with this adherence. I really believe we need something completely new and different uh, there. Adherence is probably, uh, if not the biggest, one of the biggest troubles of the healthcare industry. Yeah, We spend billions uh, researching pills, producing pills. Then we give the pill to the patient and and the people don't take it. And I am talking about uh, people who are really, really in trouble like somebody who had a transplant. After three weeks, they stopped taking the pill. It doesn't make sense. You are going to reject the kidney or the or your hand or whatever, and they don't take the pill. It, what it tells me is this is human nature. We cannot change it. We need something new. We need something Basically, completely different. Pill reminders and pill box and so, it's not gonna make it. The pharmaceutical industry, one, one hundred years ago, invented pills. That was at that time a revolution. There was, before there was aspirin, people needed to go to a, a tree and cut parts of the tree and make some extract and so. And all of a sudden, they take this, bang, and you have no headache anymore. That was, at that time, uh, fascinating. 100 years later, we need something new.
0: Is thinking about digital solutions even the right way when it comes to healthcare?
4: I would kind of uh, take a different angle to this question. One topic that we are all discussing about, like this top-down approach and the funding and the typ- typical sources of, of, of like problems that we could see, but what we are not discussing actually is the the user experience. At the end of the day, uh, and by u- user experience, I don't mean just design, but the whole the whole perception of the of the users. Two two examples from portfolio. One is doing a lot on the pharma connection connecting pharma to pharmacy side. And what they do is kind of a provide a very simple solution to the pharma companies. And this is user experience actually. It's 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 not related to funding sources, government approvals, etc. It's just it's pure very easy yeah it's convenience the other one is kind of a father and son a double amputee son and he find out that it's very difficult how they produce the prosthetic sockets it's still 19th century process and they've come with a way to scan 3d print everything the good part is they've changed the way how they mention this and they say now the time to comfort so they they don't say just the time to just produce a socket but the time to comfort for a patient is different and this is again an example of how how you look from a user experience point of view. Very often in other industries proven, and I believe it's going to be here as well, like innovation is also coming bottom up.
0: absolutely you wanted to comment?
3: Just just a thought. I think this adherence thing is really a big problem. There's no doubt about it. We know it, whether it's blood pressure, pills where you do not really feel the direct effect uh, are not taken any longer. Psychologists have spent decades on... Working out methods to change behavior. It's usually, if you want to do this, this is eating behavior or whatever. If you go to a psychologist and you follow all what he's saying, etc., etc., you can change behavior. Now, question, can't we invent or can't we think about digital solutions to change behavior? If you follow this thought, you're relatively fast in the gaming industry. That is exactly what the gaming industry does. Yeah, we all are chasing—I don't know—some virtual birds out there, or are playing for hours with Sudokus on our on our systems, etc. So there is an intrinsic behavior to to do something that someone wants us to do, gaming. If we can now combine these two thoughts into a compliance adherence program for drugs, I think we have struck
2: gold. Maybe someone comes up with a solution on this. That would be a -A. silly unicorn or something.
0: A new name. (laughs) And with that thought, uh, we will conclude this uh, roundtable, but since after the break, which is coming just now, we have startup pitches where startups will be asked by these gentlemen tough questions. Now, startups, this is your opportunity to exchange roles and ask questions to your jury.
5: What are the common mistakes that you see these companies in this field make?
0: So are are mistakes that contribute to the failure of a company specific in digital health and what are the the specific mistakes?
1: A lot of startups we have seen, they have completely underestimated that they are dealing with a multi-stakeholder environment. While in a classical B2C contact, as you described in an ICT, it's very easy. I give a solution, which is beautiful design to you. You like it. You take it. You're happy, right? If you are happy enough, hopefully you pay. Sometimes you pay. Sometimes you don't pay because everything is for free. Uh, if you then translate that to healthcare, you, 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 you recognize that because other people are involved besides the, cu- the customer, the patient, it's a doctor. It's a nurse is a payer is a legislation, whatever, it is making it such so complex for a startup to find a way through all these different stakeholders at the time. That does not mean that it is not possible. As you rightly said, we're talking about healthcare, we're treating patients, so you have to have a different level of security that you only uh, uh, allow things to be given to a broad group of patients, which in, in, in some way is validated. So my advice is that you just take step by step. As Axel described it when we see startups we unfortunately have to run to all these multi stakeholder issues, right? While we are in Germany it's complicated. Would I would I love to go to a greenfield country? Yes, I would like to go to Mongolia and implement the healthcare system much easier. Yeah? Or in countries like Kenya where you have I don't know the The mobile connectivity is 100%. You can easily do things there, but there's nothing else. And then you basically take it step by step. If you would be very pessimistic, then I think uh, you most likely should not invest in digital health. Uh, But we want to be optimistic and and have to take step by step approach. But that's true actually for all ventures. You you will not solve it from the outset, but you uh, have to do it step by step and then you will find a way uh into the market from but from a vc perspective i can tell you you have to think twice in the beginning w- how much money you need for a company and um, the truth is you always be wrong it costs much more money as you have expected and it takes much more longer. But unfortunately, that's true also for biotech. That's also true for ICT. So that's nothing new. So that's fact of life. And that's maybe why, why we are all here and, and not giving up to, to make it a better world.
0: So should, uh, startups in healthcare expect a higher amount of money needed to kind of make their solutions available on the market
1: well if you find a b2c model if you would have 20 million users paying one euro per month for that app <laughs> would that be a business model yes are there 20 million people paying for that one euro no is it the user experience bad actually no you just don't know why that is right but you expect the healthcare care system to pay for that how can that be? Then you have to prove utility. So I think um, you you basically have to 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 as I said, you have to do it step by step. Otherwise you get lost. You can't solve it from the beginning.
0: Any other questions, comments?
1: I I just want to say one one thing: competitive
3: intelligence. I think is a major mistake, or is something not paid enough attention to by many startups. Uh, I agree. Yeah, this is. Uh, this is, you really have to search the web and you have to look into what's out there, what's cooked in the valley, yeah, and not reinvent something that is already done and dusted and financed with 20 million here again. I think this is...
1: But I think that's a, that's a given. You do not need another diabetes app. I think we are now, we are, we are, we are now at 1,750. So... Um, Tell me which one. I mean, I gave you one name which I like, so I make marketing for Frank.
2: Uh, yeah, and never, ever, never, ever write in the in the question. Yeah, we do not have competitors. We are the only. Uh, never uh, do this. You, uh, well, in our case, we kill immediately. We know. Okay, these guys. Uh, yeah. My,
1: my, you you as a founder are free to choose an investor, as as we as investors are free to choose a founder. So you have a list of questions you ask the investor whether they can help you with and you have not a good feeling that they can help you with, then you go to another investor. But my advice is really to work with investors who have proven in a way that they can help you, especially if you want to go all through that steps. Unfortunately, if you are in Germany, that's different to the US or dealing with NICE in the UK or NHS, right? Or not to talk about France. So I think this is something uh, which is challenging. But again, that we should not be negative or get a depression here at all. No, I think healthcare is the only big thing which has not been disrupted so far. And there's no reason why that will not take place, maybe slower, uh, but it, nobody is doubting that, that it will take place at some point.
0: And with that, I think we can go for a break. So thank you, everyone. This is it. Thank you for listening to the 12th episode of Medicine Today on Digital Health. To find out more, go to iTunes and subscribe to the podcast. Learn about genetic testing, IT in healthcare, how to succeed in the US, India, and many other things. Stay tuned.